0: the key to it is to ask your employees so to really talk to them and ask them what are the top three things you need especially right now
1: hey there this is bev and i'll be your host of people at work today people at work is brought to you by Jossel, and Jossel is the creator of an employee intranet that's trying to help employees be more connected into people projects and culture in workplaces. And while we're thinking about building our intranet, we're also thinking about what are those things that are happening out there in the world that really impact the experience that people have at work and who's leading the way with changing the experience and culture and leadership within organizations today. So that's why we started the podcast and uh, we love having these conversations because it helps us understand what people are thinking, what people are doing and what action people are taking. and I'm really excited to welcome my guest today. My guest is Dr. Kerry Ulrich. And Kerry is the CEO of an HR consulting company, Abrachi Group, with 20 years of experience in HR working in startups to Fortune 500 companies. She's also the author of the book, The Way of... The HR Warrior, and so welcome, Kerry. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we've got so much to talk about in the HR and people space right now. So I'm really grateful for your time and insights today.
0: Thank you. So honored to be here. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. So in the preamble to our conversation here today, you and I were going backwards and forwards around what should we talk about because there really are so many things that we could mm-hmm. dig into, and I think both of us. Uh, came to the conclusion that we wanted to take a positive look at something Mm -hmm. that's going on in the HR and people space today. So Mm -hmm. um, we're going to talk about employee engagement, which has traditionally uh, not been the most positive uh, topic to talk about because Mm -hmm. we know how terrible employee engagement scores are across the world in workplaces today. But I think we find ourselves at an interesting place right now where we've got this opportunity to make Real positive change. So, before we get uh, into that, I'd love it if you could help our audience understand a bit about your background and what you really are passionate about in your career.
0: Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. And yes, um, when did we first start talking? Like six months ago. And boy, how things have changed um, on the topics. And we could have so many different topics. So, thank you for again for the opportunity to to chat. This is what I am very passionate about. What I love talking about is this real change and what can you do and what actions can you take as, as leaders? So to give you just a quick background on, on why I like this so much, I do remember back in the fourth grade. So now, now this is a podcast of two hours. No, I'm just joking. But, <laughs> grade, but this, is, this is the key is I remember saying, I want to be a, a psychologist. Like I was so interested in the puzzle that is people. Um, and I did research at the library on how long it would take in college. So I knew in fourth grade, like this is what I'm going to do. I didn't know it was HR. I just knew it was humans and figuring them out because it was fascinating to me. So went to school, did psychology and business, um, grabbed a couple other graduate degrees and was working in a big corporation and realized that, wow, this human resources that I've heard only negative things about, by the way, from my mother, who is a uh, was a chief operations type officer, <laughs> so you can tell operations and HR tend not to get along. Um, so I only heard like real kind of negative things, and it's not really portrayed very well in, in the media as well, HR. So had this kind of this, this moment of, wow, HR can really do amazing things. And it's kind of, and I use this term a lot, subversive psychology. So it's all psychology. I mean, it's all the leaders are bringing their baggage. They're they're bringing their family issues. Everyone brings their stuff to work and how they interact with people. And so they're not at the therapist office. They're in HR's office. And so how can you kind of really dig in and get to root cause and figure out what's going on and make the world really a better place? And that's what I'm so passionate about. Because if you can help this one manager have a better relationship with his or her team, that team goes home and they're in a better mood. And so it's that whole transference. I'm in a bad mood. I go home, I kick the dog. That kind of, they use it a lot in psychology, how you're transferring all your emotions. If you can create this beautiful world in your organization, it, go, it creates more beautiful worlds as they go out into their family life. So I've always loved that HR space. Um, there's a lot of action to it as well. And so when I got my PhD, it was about human development and the organizational system, because you can't just develop the human and have a corrupt system around it. You have to break the system as well. and You have to make changes in the system. So you need both. I need, as a human, need to understand myself and need to be kind of self-actualized and kind of figure that out. And then the organization needs to not have, we use this term, structural violence. So the, the, the organization is set up to not um, be a peaceful one and, and has conflict in it. So all this leads to wonderful work that I've been able to do with clients and and when I was in corporations around change management, talent assessment, coaching, and it's really just making this this beautiful world. And I think for the book that we wrote too, is all about HR is a powerful profession. We see, unfortunately, a lot of people who either don't respect the profession or are in the profession and aren't very good. And so when Monica and I talked about it, it was, it's not about being strategic, you have to be strategic, but what are those fundamental skills that we see lacking in HR? And that's what we came up with. And so we came up with the charge model. And these are these fundamental skills that you need as HR. Once you have those, and in fact, in any career, if you have these, then you can excel and you can be a warrior. So that's what I'm really passionate about. And um, that's why just you're, you're changing. You literally can change your part of the world. which can then go out and change other parts of the world. That's how powerful HR is.
1: Well, thank you. I'm very intrigued by your background and how you've developed into the area that you operate in right now. I, I had a similar background. I uh, I was very interested in organizational psychology and, and organizational behavior when I did uh, my undergrad and also similarly interested in how people and society work together and how we come together and produce things and work in teams. And what does it need to look like for a team to actually be operating at an optimal um, output so we've kind of danced in the same space I focused on communications as well when I did my undergrad and I opted to move into the marketing brand space as I grew my career but interestingly have circled back and er have arrived in this people human resources Mm -hmm. um, sort of intersection with with marketing so yes yeah, it's it's fascinating, and and I also, uh, you know, you were talking about the the human and system development, and I like to look at things from both of those angles too, which is why I find these conversations particularly interesting. Um, yeah, it gives me just so so much more insight into what is happening out there, and people like yeah. yourself have been exposed to, I'm sure, through your customers, and as you've written your book, mm-hmm. um, have you know discovered much about what is you know what are the inner workings of, of organizations so okay. um so I, I also just wanted to make a correction i um, in my intro i said that you were the author of the book and i realized that you do have a co-author so i yeah. um, just wanted to make that correction as That's well
0: right. we don't we're all good with yeah it's no problem thank you
1: yeah <laughs> great so when we were thinking about um this topic of employee engagement uh we were thinking about it in terms of what are the outrageous things that Mm -hmm. leaders could be thinking about doing right now Mm -hmm. as we find ourselves in this very strange place. Many of us have not ever experienced this kind of shift before in Mm -hmm. terms of the physicality of working remotely from our our peers or Mm -hmm. our our co-workers. Um, But there's also been, you know, a lot of things happening just in the world of people management and leadership over the last years that um, perhaps have created the conditions for change to happen Mm -hmm. around how we engage employees. So why don't we first start, before we jump into what people can do to change Mm -hmm. and what are these outrageous ideas, um, I'm curious to know how you define employee engagement first
0: it's this huge topic. And then I always like to take these huge topics and kind of what is it boiled down to? And for me, every place I've been to because I think I started when I started my career, we were doing employee engagement. Cause we were at a big company. It was 30,000 employees. So we had that employee engagement score. We were just introducing it. Like I never, I don't remember a time when we weren't measuring it and it was a topic. But when I look and when I listen to people speak and when I talk to employees, it does just come down to, does this person care about me? That's really it. Does this person care about me? Now, what's so hard about that puzzle, and this is what when uh, we talk about human human beings and human resources and why leadership is so incredibly difficult, is because humans are this volatile, live in ambiguity, change their minds from Monday to Tuesday, like they're so difficult to understand. And I work with engineers and they have their PhD in electrical engineering and and here's my PhD in humans. And so we have this kind of respect on the, the PhDs. But what's so funny is I always say to them, you leave on Friday and you leave your machine or say, whatever you're creating, your invention, and it doesn't really change over the weekend, right? Unless someone comes in and breaks it, but it kind of sits there and it's stable. As a manager, you leave on Friday, you're thinking, man, I nailed it today. Boy, you know, Carrie really loves what she's doing. (laughs) And something happens over the weekend that I'm like, you know what? I had a out of body experience. I almost died. I mean, like I divorced, whatever could happen. And then I come in Monday and I'm not happy anymore. And that's what happens with humans. It's why leadership is so incredibly difficult. And if you think about leadership in the context of the technological changes we've made are enormous in the past 100 years. Leadership, eh, right? It's not the same rate of change. We are still struggling to understand how to manage people. And, but they really just want to know you care. And the problem with that is the way my manager, so Bev and I have a manager of Jane the way, the way Jane engages me to show me she cares has got to be different than the way she engages you. Because we show maybe you ask, you have to ask me questions about my dog. And then that shows I care. Or you right? That shows my manager cares. Some other people are like, just don't bother me, get out of my business. That's how you show that you care about me. And so that trying to figure out that connection point, um, is the really hard part of being a leader. That also means the employee kind of needs to be uh, self-aware enough to understand like, well, what do I need out of this relationship? Cause you can't just sit back. I've heard too many employees sit back and go, manager needs to figure it out. I'm like, yeah, but you also have a part in that. So how can you meet the manager halfway on that? But it really comes down to, does this person care about me? And if this person cares about me, I will kind of put up with Bad days that the manager has. I will, I will work till midnight for this manager. I will put in the discretionary effort because I know this manager cares and I know this manager would help me out when they when if I needed it, they would help me and I would help them. And there's this mutual respect and caring. If you have that, employees will do anything. It is really hard to do because a lot of managers are kind of full of BS on it. So they might act like it, and employees are so brilliant and they'll know that this manager says it, but I know he doesn't mean it. They're brilliant that way. Employee, or employers always, they wanna think they have smart employees and unless it's around this and then they go, oh, they won't, they won't see through my BS. Employees are brilliant at it and they see it and they know you don't care. I have a story of my son who in first grade, he had a teacher. My son's a real pain in the butt, don't get me wrong. So I feel sorry for all his teachers. But he was in the first grade. He goes to class and he comes home and he says to me, I said, how is, how is your teacher? He goes, she doesn't care. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I can tell she doesn't care. She doesn't care about teaching. This is first grade. He knew it at first grade that this teacher didn't care. And I said, well, you know, let's give her a week. Let's figure it out. Like, let's be. And uh, he was dead on right. <laughs> and she didn't care and it came to light within like two weeks that she really didn't even want to be a teacher but even in first grade he knew and that's what he cared about that's what he cared about is does she care about me so it's like that's the nugget and if you can figure that out gosh that's amazing it's really hard though
1: it is hard and it is complicated and complex and as you said uh, you, you know humans are um volatile and Mm -hmm. hard to read and it's it's hard to understand always what's going on with people outside of their work shell. Mm -hmm. Some people are obviously more open with it than others but Mm -hmm. therein lies the problem that humans operate within all these different contexts and you really as a leader or a manager have to try and understand what each person's unique context and circumstances are, right? Um, But just to sum up what I think I heard you say there is that the, the most direct path to having an engaged employee base is just simply the act of caring. Mm-hmm. And is it is it as simple as that though? What are some of the ways that that you can go about showing that you care if you are a manager, if this right. doesn't naturally come to you?
0: Yeah, and that so simple, but really hard to do. And that's, I don't want it to like, just show your care caring, you're done. You bring them a cookie and it's over and they're all great. Um, it's really hard work to make a connection with someone, especially if it's not in your nature. So I worked with a a senior leader and he just forgot to say hi to people. And his whole employee employee base is like, God, he just comes in. He's like a machine. He never says hi. And he got that feedback. And it wasn't because he really didn't want to say hi. It just, he was so in his head and he wanted to work. And he just thought everyone else was like him. And so I think that's what, that's the hard part about being a manager is you tend to think everyone's kind of operating like you. So if you don't need a hello, if you don't need a hi, other people must not need a hello. So he would just walk into his office and they're like, Oh gosh, he started saying hello. Boy, did people perk up. And they were like, wow, he's really trying. And especially if they know it's hard for him to do and he's doing it, that creates a connection as well. So it, a lot of leaders have to step out of their, this is the the hard part. The first step is you kind of have to know yourself as a leader and know that, you know what, I I, I don't need hellos. I really don't, but I manage a team and they're all very different. And so now you have different personalities, different cultural backgrounds. I mean, it is again, so complex to understand people. And so now I got to figure out myself because I got to figure out, wow, you know what, I want everything done right away. I don't really like small talk. I had a vice president who told me, literally in the elevator, she's like, there's no reason for small talk. I don't need to hear about your weekend. And I thought, well, at least it's clear, <laughs> at least she's, right? At least she's like a hundred percent clear and now still no one liked her and she had some nicknames that were not flattering, um, but she was clear about it. So, so you have to know yourself as a leader And then really, before you even become a leader, you know yourself and you have to think, am I willing to be flexible? And am I willing to say, I will say hello to people. I will take the time to understand them. I will like really talk to them and I will be vulnerable when I need to be. That's all really hard stuff. And if you think being a leader is command and control and never let them see you sweat and never be vulnerable and always have the answer for everything, You will not connect with people. And so you have to break down some of the crud that you have in order to let go of your stuff and kind of, I always call it unpacking your baggage. And then you can start to truly connect with people. That's why, again, it's just really hard work. And so the most successful leaders I've seen have taken that self reflection, worked on that first, and then started talking to their teams. That's like, this is what I'm talking about. The caring's. That's easy to say, but there's a ton of hard work behind it because if you're not authentic with it, if they think you're putting on an act, um, then people won't engage because they'll know you're full full of BS.
1: Yeah, and I think it's particularly hard for some people who, when they are being themselves and that the way that they show up is... Um, aloof or appears yeah. to be uncaring or like they're yeah. being authentically themselves, but yeah. even that is not what they should be doing or how they should be showing <laughs> up. So it's, it's incredibly hard work, but oh. I, you know, I, I think that if you as a leader just demonstrate that you acknowledge things about yourself, yes. you know that you struggle with certain things yeah. um, and you're trying and making yeah. an effort, I think people do recognize that. And that can help you to build relationships with people, even though maybe you're not giving them what they need, but they yeah. do see that you're trying.
0: I think it, I have such a, a great example for you. I, I worked with this this team, and it was a sales team. And so the manager, very um, not chit-chatty, not, very kind of not typical sales, right? So not overly social, really wants to get down to business in every meeting. And was a little aloof, like you were saying, aloof. And so that's authentically him. And by the way, I love the line of just because you're authentic doesn't mean you get to be a jerk, right? That's not what authentic means, that I never have to change. I don't have to do anything. I'm authentically a real jerk. That is not, no. So anyway, this VP of sales, more aloof, not a lot of chit-chat, his team was begging to hear a story about him, right? He just had a baby. They wanted to know something. And so we talked about that and we did this, uh, we love to do the caliper assessment because it's a really in-depth assessment. It really helps you understand yourself. And it came up that he's pretty skeptical and he's not going to share it like that. He then, because he wanted to be a better leader to them and he heard it was so important to them to have some chit chat, he did it. And so for like 10 minutes, he would chit chat and he would share some stories with him and they would do anything for him for that. Now they knew it wasn't overly authentic for him to do it, right? Because it's not in his nature to, to share like that, but they knew he was trying so hard and they they all kind of joked about it. And he joked about it. He's like, I'm trying because I know it's important to you. It's like being in any relationship. We all do things in relationships for our sisters, our brothers, our best friends, our husbands, our wives, our children that aren't necessarily natural for us to do. We don't really want to do it but it's a relationship and you know, it's important for the other person. And so he did that. And boy, they, I mean, all three of them were like, we love him. We would do anything for him. They were so happy. And it was just because he said, listen, it's hard for me, but I'm going to try. And the engagement probably doubled from them. They already liked him, but this like went through the roof because he analyzed himself. He tried something and he told them he was doing it.
1: That's a great example. Thank you for sharing that. And it it touches on something that you said earlier about taking action and making real change. Mm -hmm. And even though that might have appeared to be a small shift in the eyes of the employees, for that leader, that was probably a a very uncomfortable place for him or her to find himself, right? So Mm -hmm. um, I think therein lies the, uh, you know, the real insight is that you just have to start by making meaningful small changes and that leads me into what i'd like to spend the rest of our time here together talking about is we mentioned previously that this is an amazing time for us to take advantage of because Mm -hmm. it's business unusual on many levels in organizations and um This is a time for people to take risks, perhaps, and do things differently and try things. So maybe you can lead us through a a bit of a conversation around how do leaders be courageous right now and do perhaps outrageous things to engage their employees in a real meaningful way um, that is actually action-oriented, that isn't just lip service. So what are your feelings on that?
0: I think so when you look at, when we talk about change management, you know, you have this burning platform where you are unfreezing things. It's threatening the status quo. It's causing discomfort. So this is all what we have right now. So companies that I've worked with who weren't going to do remote work and were debating it for like a year. Now, all of a sudden it's done it. They have to. And so as a manager, how do you take advantage of this time and how do you kind of push the envelope because it's out there to push and so i think knowing you know we talked about knowing yourself and and knowing um, uh, your employees and kind of connecting with them and so some actions you can take because again it is an overwhelming situation there's so much going on when you take action it helps you move kind of out of your head right and into your into your body and doing something so it really is important small things do matter um, it gets you out of that that insanity that you can feel in your head and so leaders can you do? Some of, some of the stuff that's outrageous is I'm going to have like real conversations with my employees. I actually have time now to really talk to them. And I think that's kind of where the outrageous ideas will come from. Talk to your employees and say them, what are the top three things that would help you with engagement? Like what are those top three things? And if they can't, if they have a hard time brainstorming that, if you go online and do a search for engagement ideas, there are pages and pages and pages and hits everywhere on, on all kind of engagement ideas from, you know, here's a cookie to doing shout outs to your employees and, and and recognize them and give feedback to them every team meeting. There are so many ideas, but the key to it is to ask your employees. So to really talk to them and ask them what would, I would just say, what are the top three things you need, especially right now? And You might assume a couple of them and there will be some of them as a leader. You're like, wow, I had no idea they wanted this, but put on the employees to to give you these ideas and then take some of those ideas and try one of them and take maybe the craziest one that you're like, you know what? 12 months ago, we never would have done something like this at my company, but we're going to try it now because why not? Because if you don't try it now, you're not going to get this kind of change management opportunity again. And well, we might, unfortunately, I don't want it again, but this is a time to try these new ideas and and to push it, but talk to your employees first, because what can happen is again, as a leader, I think, oh, I'm so smart. I did this research. Here's like three things we need. And they go, oh, you didn't even ask. You didn't even ask me what we needed. And now that's kind of missing the mark. And now I'm less engaged. So talk, talk, talk is an amazing opportunity to really get to know your employees and talk to them and be vulnerable and show your vulnerability as a manager.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, to some extent, what I think about around engagement is also it being the outcome of some of the other things that you're Mm -hmm. doing and how you're operating as a manager or as an organization, Mm -hmm. the quality of the relationships that you have, the type of flexibility that you offer the way that people are treated at work Mm -hmm. you know those all add up into being into a feeling of, of of engagement um so what's your opinion on whether you start by wanting engagement as your outcome or you start by engaging and then you have other outcomes like how do you see engagement in terms of, of where it fits as an objective or is it just an outcome?
0: Gosh, it's so like, that's such a hard question to me. It's like engagement needs to be like breathing. It's what you do. It's how you have to engage. If you don't have people who you care about and want to work for you, the rest of the stuff kind of falls apart. They're not overly productive. you don't get the revenue you want? I mean, so I guess it's an outcome. Like, but I don't think about breathing right? So if I don't have engaged employees, I'm going to have a routine. So that's the outcome, but you got to do it and not even think about it. It's got to be your routine. Does that, I feel like I'm not answering your question, Bev, but I haven't thought about it that way. To me, it's got to be part of the fabric of how you manage. Um, and it's not an actual tangible thing in a way, right? You can measure it and you can say, all right, how engaged are they? But But you got to just do it and live it and live it on a daily basis and care about your employees. And if you do that, the outcome is going to be great. But if you only do it for an outcome and get a number, people, again, are going to see through that.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, you did answer my question. And I love that um, metaphor of, of breathing. That, that uh, illustrates the point very clearly, I think. Yeah. So Carrie, I'd like to wrap up here with one final question for you around leaders themselves and the engagement that they feel. Many leaders themselves feeling disconnected, um, uninspired, um, unhappy themselves in their work and in their roles. So how do we help leaders be engaged?
0: Yeah, I feel for leaders. It is such a tough job. Um, So I really do feel for them. So how can we how can we keep them engaged? I think. Again, if you think of, they have to be engaged with their leader as well. So it keeps going up the chain until you hit the CEO. And that's when it becomes very lonely (laughs) at the CEO level. Um, So how are they keeping engaged? And I think part of it is listening to them. So when they come, when the leaders are coming to their leaders and saying to the organization saying, we have bigger issues here, right? So we talked about the human part and, and listen, I'm bonding with all my team, they're really engaged, but they're seeing four things on a system level that we need to change as a business. I think leaders get stuck if they get no traction on that. They might have an engaged team, but the team's upset with the organization. So how can that leader impact the organization? Because that's really a leader's role. I'm taking care of my team, but I'm also trying to make big organizational changes. And so how can we support them so their leaders need to support them as making those bigger changes? And I think too, just understanding it's hard to be a leader and, you know, how can they network with a peer? That's what I always try to find when I'm coaching with executives. It's like, who can you talk to? Who's your kind of, they call board of directors or your network, or who can you chat with to help? Because it is difficult. You you do have to sometimes straddle a line of, oh, I don't like this decision that the company just made, but I have to engage and, and tell my employee team about it. And so I, I think having that network and being able to help them, but I think as the higher, the, the very upper level, help, listening to them and making changes and not shutting them down will keep them engaged as well.
1: Yeah, it's a hard place to be for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to uh, just close with uh, a challenge to you around what would be your call to action to leaders in organizations today? What's what's the one thing they should do to act on employee engagement right now in their organizations?
0: Okay, so you said one, that's tough. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm like trying to, co- like, okay, if I do a compound sentence, can that be, all right. Here's, here's, sure. Here's what, thank you. Uh, I don't like rules. Um, okay, so this, and again, hard work, know yourself talk to your employees know yourself figure out why you're a leader what you're passionate about and then talk really talk to your employees and figure out what they're passionate about and make a real connection you do that and it's hard but the reward will be a millionfold if you can do that but you got to learn yourself first and then you you got to talk to your employees you do that wow that's beautiful Unfortunately, there's not some like quick pill, give them a cookie, give them good feedback and you're engaged and like you can check the box. It is not a check the box activity.
1: Yeah, 100%. And uh, I've spent quite a bit of time this past week thinking about conversations between managers and employees. Um, We just published a blog post this morning about how to improve one-on-one meetings, because that's really the most critical channel that a leader has. Um, If you're fortunate enough in your organization to have the capability to have one-on-ones, I know that not every organization does them, Um, but really they are the perfect place for you to not only demonstrate that you know yourself because you have to arrive in those meetings with self-awareness, yep. um, but they're also the perfect vehicle for you to have that consistent opportunity to have conversations with your your people. And we use them at Jostle. Uh, that's our primary way that team leads and, and employees connect with each other. And they're just so so critical. And there's yeah. no escaping them. Like that's the mm-hmm. other thing that I love about them is if you do them consistently, it's a pretty reliable way to make sure that you are having those conversations. So thank oh. you for raising, um, oh, let raising me just, that point. Uh,
0: thank you so much for saying that because that is the perfect, now I feel good. That is a perfect action. So as a leader, yes, you have to understand yourself. You have to talk to your employees, but if you do not have one-on-ones on your calendar, put them on there. And as a leader, put them on at least every month, once a month, put them on the calendar. And like you said, it's consistent and the first maybe three or four, the employee might be like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? And don't talk about like, you know, the actual tactical work, but talk about their career. Talk about what's going on with them. And again, the first one might be like, what are you doing? But then after that, they'll say, oh, this is consistent. They do want to hear from me every month. I do want to connect with them. So there's the very tangible action item. Thank you, Bob. I felt bad not giving a real hardcore tangible item one-on-ones and read. Your, the blog post from Jossel on how to do one-on-one because there's lots of wonderful quick reference guides on how to do them, yeah. but put it on your calendar. Yay, thank you, Bob. I feel better.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit like um, doing a Google search for employee engagement. Doing a Google search yeah. for one-on-one meetings um, can be a little bit overwhelming, so yeah. we try to cut through the noise there with uh, the content that we're putting out there. But, well, Carrie, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've loved getting to know you over this uh, past 30 minutes and um, we had some, some laughs and some chatter before we started the conversation. So I feel like we've got a a great connection and I I certainly hope it continues into the future. So thanks for being here today. And if anyone would like to get hold of you, what's the best way to do that?
0: You know what, just go uh, LinkedIn is super easy or go to our website, which is abracigroup.com. Super easy.
1: Fantastic. And I will share both of those links uh, in the show notes so that it'll be very easy for anyone to find you if they'd like to continue the conversation with you as well. So thank you so much. And I wish you continued good health and stay safe and uh, onwards. You too. Thank you so much. It was an honor to talk to you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of People at Work. It would mean a lot to us if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. The more reviews we get, the more people discover the podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe to ensure that you don't miss an episode. You can do this wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can reach me at Bev at jostle.me or find me on LinkedIn. Until next time, take care.